to Architecting. I'm your host, Angela Mazzi. You made it. This is the landing pad for raw honesty about connecting your career with your purpose. I'm going to give you the tools you need to be an unapologetic advocate for yourself and others, because if you're here, you believe that the space we surround ourselves in matters and you're committed to project by project building a better world for all of us. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Bright Lights, it's Angela and welcome to another edition of Architecting. Today, I am really excited to share a question from one of our listeners. Sean is in the early stages of his career. He's been working about seven years at a firm he enjoys. Um, He's kind of struggling with the straddling of the roles of management in leadership that he'd like to move into with his passion for design. He doesn't want to become less hands-on on his project. And I'm sure that many of you in our community can relate. It's important that we are still very involved in the development of design so that we can be advocates for the issues that we care about. Sean reached out for help after having a real dumpster fire of an experience on one of his projects. So Like so many firms, Sean's firm is currently understaffed and overloaded with work and feels a lot of pressure to get things done in a tighter time frame than he's used to. And at the same time, he wants to show that he can do it so that he can be seen as a leader in his firm. He made some bold, high-level moves that he thought would make up for doing the more detailed work he usually would do, took it to a client meeting, and the client was not happy. They didn't feel that the project had advanced enough. They didn't like the direction that Sean was advocating, and he felt very unsure of himself, very uncomfortable. His mind just went right to shame because he thought, should have put in more time, should have done this, should have done that. And he just kind of left that meeting with his tail between his legs, feeling really bad. And he said, Angela, what do I do now? How do I recover from this? The first thing is to be really careful about the story that you tell yourself. In this case, Sean is telling himself, if I have any weaknesses, any vulnerabilities, I will not get promoted. I will not be seen as a leader if every client doesn't love every presentation I ever give. He's making one bad meeting mean something that it may not mean. In fact, most likely it probably doesn't because I know we also have some more seasoned architects here in this audience I know I have experienced many of a bad client meeting to the point where it's to be expected. 
these are going to happen. And what you have to do is instead of going into the story about how you did something wrong and being ashamed and making it about you, is to get curious. There can be a lot of reasons why a client isn't happy. And rather than guess, because we don't need to pretend to be psychics in this profession, you just ask some questions. You can ask questions like, how could we have better meeting goals? These are the decisions I see that we can make and how they will advance the project within the agreed-upon schedule. You can ask questions like, what is it you don't like about this? What do you like? Because I guarantee no idea is so bad that there is nothing salvageable in it, right? It's like if you were at a buffet. If you chose one food item over another, it wouldn't be judgment over the food you didn't take. Just that there were preferences. Maybe you were in the mood to eat one thing more than another, and on a different day, you would have chosen a different selection. Rather than making the fact that somebody doesn't like something you show them mean something, you can instead get really curious and say, well, thank you for bringing that up. I'm so glad to hear your feedback. Let's keep exploring this. If you are someone who is more seasoned at this, you also know that there's always going to be the difficult people to deal with. The people that have a different agenda or are being judged by other criteria. The people that maybe would have preferred to hire a different firm, so they're going to be antagonistic. When you know to expect that, instead of having a challenge from this person be intimidating, it's just kind of like, oh, hello, I knew you'd be here. And it almost becomes kind of fun to work with this person and work around them and get them to a yes, or at least get them to a neutral place because you're expecting some level of opposition. You don't view the fact that everybody doesn't love everything you're doing as a personal attack or an attack on the firm or an attack on the ability to do the work. You simply see it as something that's par for the course, something that's going to happen, something you're going to run into. And then you can focus on solving the problem working through issues instead of shutting down because you are now in a shame response. That brings us to this idea of judgment. In Sean's case, there is a lot of judgment in his thinking about himself and what he believes he should be doing in order to be seen as a leader in his firm. He's got some very tight definitions going on there, and he's judging himself way more harshly than I bet anyone else would judge him for the fact that the client didn't love what he showed them on that particular day. He's not thinking about why he was allowed to lead the meeting, all the past successes he's had, 
the fact that his boss was confident in his ability, he's only focusing on how he failed. And how many times do we do this to ourselves? If Sean were to kind of step out of his own body in this situation and replace himself with one of his colleagues, what would he have said to a colleague who'd had the exact same experience at the end of the meeting? Would he have said, you know, they were just really tough, but you put a lot of good work in? Would he have said, you did the best you could in the time you have, and maybe next time you need to ask for more resources? Would he have said, you need to work on facilitating conversations and work on moderating different points of view better? Would he have said, you know, maybe that person was just having a bad day and they can be tough sometimes? There's a million ways you could have framed this. And when we talk to other people, that's what we do. But the voice inside our head is so, so mean. It just is such a harsh inner critic that never gives us credit for all the things we get right, but only sees the things we get wrong. If you were talking about agriculture, you don't bring in the harvest every day. Some work you do needs time to germinate and to grow and to ripen. Other things are going to be on a quicker timetable, but we can't beat ourselves up for what we didn't get or what we don't have yet. We need to give ourselves the time to grow. And in Sean's case, he needs to give himself the chance to develop leadership skills, to be in different situations, to experience the contrast of a good meeting versus a challenging meeting, and the different skills that are needed in a challenging situation to still get the information you need from the client to keep the project moving. So what I would recommend for you, Sean, is take radical responsibility for this situation. Not blame, but responsibility. Because when you take responsibility, you can never be a victim. You can never be ashamed. Instead, you just own how you could have behaved differently in the situation, and you don't blame yourself for what you didn't know. It's failing forward. You learn the lessons. And by taking that radical responsibility, it means that you are in control. It means you can ask, how could I have done that differently? And in the future, you can choose to take different actions and get a different outcome. Rather than being in judgment, just have empathy for yourself. Take responsibility for how you could act differently and go forward in the future. Be gentle with yourself. We need to love ourselves no matter what because when we don't, when we beat ourselves up, when we let that inner critic take control, 
we create a lot of conflict within ourselves. When we have all that conflict within ourselves, we make things mean something they don't. We create a narrative to line up with all the negative things that we believe are true, all the limitations we think we have. And we make what's going on externally about us when it often is never about us. It's about so many different things and we need to learn what those are instead of going into shame. We need to also see opportunities for leadership in a different way. So Sean sees leadership right now as doing certain things that he has seen leaders at his company do. But Sean, what you might be overlooking is how leadership can happen at every level. And leadership is how we conduct ourselves in the world. When we lead, we demonstrate a better way. So rather than getting entangled in trauma and drama in the workplace or coming from criticisms or client disapprovals where you start to see yourself as powerless and you go into judgment, Instead, every moment, live your purpose. When you do that, when you come to a situation confident, you know your truth, you love and accept yourself, you feel really clear and confident in who you are and what you believe, you don't need to push your opinions out there. You already feel worthy and no one can take that away from you, even if they don't like something that you say or do. When you bring that confidence to a meeting, when you get outside of your own head, now you can be empathetic to other people. And really, that's a form of loving them. And they feel that love. They feel seen. They know they matter. They feel comfortable being vulnerable and sharing the real issues that they're having. You build intimacy in that moment and in that moment, trust. The foundation of all relationships, remember that, is established. Instead of giving away our power the minute something goes wrong, Instead of retreating into shame, instead of apologizing, be the leader in the moment by getting out of your head and showing radical empathy. How can we do this in the moment? I mean, it's great to know all these things, but we all know what happens when you're in a situation and you have a really outspoken dominant personality and they are taking over the room and they are beginning to steer things in a direction that isn't productive. What do you do? You notice it just by being conscious of things, just by noticing you get outside of your head, just by understanding that, of course, There are going to be people that don't like some things. Of course, there are going to be difficult people. Of course, there are going to be cranky people who are having a bad day. 
Of course, there are going to be people who have some kind of agenda. And when you expect it, then it doesn't seem so bad when it happens. It doesn't seem like it's your fault that it happened because it's not your fault. These people would be there whether you were there or not, whether your firm was working on the project or not. It's not about you. And when you understand that you're not going to make everybody happy and that some people are going to be harder to please and more critical, now there's no sting when they behave the way that you're expecting them to behave. So you can notice it. You can expect it. And then you can look to reframe it. And we reframe it by asking more questions. By asking the person what they would like to see. By asking the person very specific, open-ended questions about how it could be different and hearing their honest feedback. By asking other people if they agree or disagree with whatever this person has put on the table. By turning it into a true participative, co-creating experience, then you're not in judgment. I mean, shame comes when we judge ourselves and others. Empathy happens when we try to connect instead with no judgment. Someone isn't bad or wrong if they don't like what we're showing them. They're not stupid or ignorant. I once, years and years ago, worked with a project designer who was so arrogant that he didn't listen at all to what the users were telling him. Presented designs that they didn't like, and when they told him they didn't like it, got angry at them and tried to go above their heads to argue that they didn't know what they were talking about. Because obviously, if they knew anything, they would love what he had proposed. You know, let's not be that person, right? All he did was alienate some very intelligent, high-level people who wanted a good project because he was being in judgment. In these dealings with clients or our teams internally, it's never about who's right and who's wrong. That's judgment. Instead, it's about how do you feel and why do you feel that way? And now let's unpack that and try to align what we all want to happen for the project with the things that you are concerned about. I hope you can see how turning this situation around in Sean's case would have helped him to feel a whole lot better about the situation, how his own self-doubt that he hadn't done what he usually would do was already planting seeds in his mind, was already creating a filter to blame himself for anything that would go wrong, how the fact that as things started to go in a more negative direction, the fact that he owned that and blamed himself was like throwing gasoline on that fire. 
if instead he'd gotten out of self-judgment, out of shame, and into empathy, he could have still had a very productive meeting that everyone would have left the room feeling good about. These are lessons, Sean, that I hope you can take with you. Do not be hard on yourself. Think about all your successes and what you did in those moments, the attitude you had when you walked in the room, the way you conducted yourself. Know that you got this and that you are learning. When you have seen more, when you have had more experience, you realize that difficult situations and people are part of life. They are just part of life. They are not a reflection of us or our abilities. It's simply humans being humans. And let's show them a little bit of grace. All right, everyone. I hope that you all took something away from this um, very valuable experience. And thank you, Sean, for being willing to write in and share. If you have your own questions, send them to me at Angela at architectingpodcast.com. I'm always happy to explore these issues on the air and know that these are real problems that you are all facing out there and help you work through them. And you might say, well, I didn't ask a question, but guaranteed there is a lesson to be learned in someone else's question. Parallels that you will see in your own career trajectories. And before you go, I'd love to have your help promoting this podcast. And there are three totally free ways you can do it. Number one, Podcast Magazine is promoting top podcasts by moms. And there is a link in the show note you can go to and vote for Architecting Podcasts. So I would be so, so grateful if you would take a minute to do it. All you have to do is put in your name and email, the name of this podcast, Architecting, and my name, Angela Mazzi, and click Done. So easy, so simple, but it really does make a difference. Also, please follow us on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really does help have the show move up in the algorithm. And if you would be so kind as to leave an honest comment, that would help us even more. The more people that can be reached by this content, the more of a difference we can make with our architecting community. Thank you so much for listening. Please go and vote for Architecting as a Top Mom podcast, and I will see you next time. Love you all. Bye. you for listening. You made it all the way to the end of the episode, which means you are committed to making yourself a priority so you can be empowered to do the work you were called to do in the world. How amazing is that? If you would like even more content just like this, please remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate it if you left an honest review too. Hey, I want you to know I'm here for you beyond the boundaries of this podcast. You can follow me on social media at Architecting Podcast or visit architectingpodcast.com to download some great free resources. Take care, everyone, and stay inspired. (laughs)